the episode you are about to listen to was pre-recorded on March 24th, 2019. The thoughts and opinions and feels are initial reactions from a first-time viewing. There were no outside influences from any other opinions from blog, post, or early reviews. This is Movie Geek and Proud. We about to get Rizzle in the Dizzle up in Hizzle! <laughs> God damn it, Sean. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Sean, this, this is uh, Movie Geek and Proud. I'm breathing heavily because I literally just got out of the movie. Yeah? And we're, Was I there too? Yeah, you were there. Okay. And I'm just like still trying to process what I have watched, but I saw it with Sean as well as uh, two of my really good friends. Uh, to help with this review is Nate and Matt. Hello, guys. How are you? Hi, I'm fine and dandy. Who that was you? that was Matt. <laughs> I'm terrified beyond words. <laughs> Hello, Nate. <laughs> Hello, sweetheart. Matt and Nate have joined us because they are big fans of Jordan Peele, especially the previous Get Out film that they did. So I said, why not have them on for this one? And I'm sure that they come with a lot of opinions as they did before. So thank you guys for joining the show. Before we get to our review, of course, we have our normal stuff. We got to do our question of the week first. So here's our question of the week. Question. Name an Academy Award winning actor or actress you would like to see in a horror film. The Blood Buddies, a horror podcast, said, has Julie Andrews been in a horror movie? (laughs) And Ryan Terry answered, she was in the Mary Poppins recut as a horror movie on YouTube, LOL. <laughs> that was really scary. I had never seen it. Oh, you're broken. I know, I know. Ooh, I like this one. The Film Flamers, another horror movie podcast, said, I would love to see Marion, how do you say, Cotillard? Yeah, Cotillard, yeah. Cast in something in the vein of French Extremity. I've never heard of that movie. And Midnight Myth Podcast said Dame Maggie Smith. And then some asshole, we'll call him Rob, (laughs) said, nice, villain or heroine? And they said, oh, good question. I could see Dame Maggie as a villain misdirect, appearing to be either a villain or an obstacle, but turning out to be tortured by the same supernatural force as the hero. Excuse me while I go write the screenplay. (laughs) She would be good. Yeah, I wrote something like, um, I would love to see her in a flowers in the attic sort of situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have uh, another one, Cocktail Party Massacre. Uh, I want a Wes Anderson horror movie starring Angelica Houston. Hmm. Yeah, she would be amazing. Yeah, she would. Yeah, and he's like, I want it now. <laughs> um, we also had somebody from Instagram uh, give an answer. God, these answers are so gay. Um, Meryl Streep. But I want the twist to be that she was the killer the whole time. I think she'd play fear, vulnerability so well, leading to what could be the greatest reveal ever in a horror film. Just saying. The Beast plays her. Um, beats and objectives so damn well. So that was from Levi Austin Morris on Instagram. So actually we have two of the same here from the Cinema Guys and Tom Hanks Defense Force. Both said Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, he would be creepy as shit. So like Gangs of New York is what I'm thinking about. He was psycho bitch crazy in that one. I'm thinking about him from There Will Be Blood and he was creepy in that too. Oh yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. no. Those are some good answers. Oh, Boys, Booze, and Blood sent in a gif of julia roberts oh yeah so when i look at that i think of sleeping with the enemy mm-hmm. which was a thriller but as far as a horror is concerned yeah she could totally do a tony collette mom role or something oh, yeah yeah i think that would be amazing 
I know someone who hates her because of the vein in her forehead. I'm like, <laughs> really? That's the reason? <laughs> God, jealous. Jelly. So here's someone I could see totally Tony Colletting up a horror <laughs> film. Two guys on Friday podcast said Kate Winslet. I I could see that happening too. Mm-hmm. Very good. Kyle Flyberg said, you're going to like this one, Leo DiCaprio. Yes, 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 yes. So we did get Shutter Island a little bit, but no, not a horror horror film. No, I would love that. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. And Drunk Netflix Reviews just has a gif of Meryl Streep yelling, what about me? <laughs> yep, exactly. So that's two for Meryl Streep. Now, do you think she'd actually do a horror film? Absolutely not. She couldn't get through Death Becomes Her without frowning. So how is she going to do a horror film? That's true. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it can't be a supernatural horror film, put it that way. But I see, I see her doing a ghost story. Hmm. Just, just, just her past getting just haunting her, or she's got some deep secret that she's keeping away from her kids or something. Do you think seeing Tony Collette and Lupita Nyong'o being in horror films and being such great actresses is going to push more bigger actresses over to the genre. I think if there is a good enough story, what I see from hereditary and us is that they actually put more thought into the story rather than trying to scare you Mm. the whole time. If that makes sense. That's true. Now these are two different movies of course, but it is something that we don't normally see. So when we expect actresses, like those two to be in something like this you have to give them something good now tony collette did krampus so i mean (laughs) she's not above having fun and just doing a typical horror movie she did fright night i love her in the mom role in that even though she she did get some of the action you know she saw the vampire and all that good stuff so as long as these women are given a good story i I don't I don't look down upon people who that was in the 80s. Now I think it's good to be in stuff like that because horror movies are also given great storylines now. I'm shocked you didn't use Sixth Sense as an example. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I just Krampus is just like far be- you know from doing hereditary and she was willing to do both and I think that's cool of her and hopefully we see more not be too you know ashamed to do something as low quote-unquote as a horror film right and you're right some of the actresses are like the most are the ones who take on the roles that you don't expect like Mm -hmm. I love Kate Blanchett yeah and she's in the most random roles sometimes exactly (laughs) so Kate Blanchett um uh she did the gift do you Mm -hmm. remember that I love the gift and I love her in it. You know, those jump scares were insane. So good. So, yeah, hopefully we see more. All right, Matt, what is your answer to our question of the week? Who do you got that should be in a horror film? Um, Francis McDormand is my answer. Okay. Uh, I say that after watching her body of work in all the Cohen, uh, Cohen am I saying right? Cohen? Cohen, Cohen yeah. Cohen, Cohen, yeah. All the Cohen Brothers films. Um, She's incredibly versatile, and she just she goes in and out of every role. She's a chameleon. Um, and as far as I know, she has not done a horror film yet. I don't remember her doing one. So, yeah, that could no, be a good one. She's done, like, thrillers, yeah. but, yeah, nothing. But nothing horror. Yeah. So, and I, I, I think she could pull it off. I think it would be epic and amazing. Okay, fair enough. All right, Nate, what about you? What do you got? I chose... Jennifer Hudson. Ooh. Oh no! I, it's okay. I have a backup. Great. I was going to pick Jennifer Hudson as well. I tried so hard to be original. That <laughs> I picked her because I she's only done drama and of course Dreamgirls. Mm-hmm. And I thought, eh, she could probably do it. Yeah. And I just yeah, she hasn't done any, so that's why I chose her. Sorry, Rob. No, it's all good. It's all good. I have a backup. Sean, what about you? I chose an actress who we've seen be funny. We've seen her kick ass. We've seen her be funny and kick ass, but we haven't seen her be funny and kick ass in a horror film. Okay. I want to see Bette. I want to see Bette Midler (laughs) kick ass and be funny in a horror film. (laughs) We are so gay. It is insane. Okay. That was my second backup. No, I'm totally kidding. No, um, I decided to go male. Since you guys can only think. There's a lot of vaginal energy. Uh, Apparently. We hate penises here. We hate them. (laughs) My answer is Eddie Redmayne. 
Ugh. Yeah, oh, I know. Well. See, <laughs> Matt knows what's up. Fine, the room is split. Yuck. <laughs> Matt knows what's yeah. up. Don't Look turn at- on me, Sean. Don't turn on me. <laughs> Matt has the biggest grin. You know that. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. When he did Jupiter um, uh, Ascending, yes. is, that, is that the name yeah, of it? Jupiter and he Ascending. played that very eccentric character. I see yes. him as a villain. I see him like doing some really fucked up shit. The man is also versatile. He can pretty much do a lot of different characters so i'm down i knew i knew i knew i have you i knew i'd have you so thank you for that i, totally I really thought you're gonna go for rami malik because I, of your video game exactly <laughs> i was gonna go him i really was but because he was in the i tried to think of somebody who hasn't really tapped into it yet but yeah rami malik it would be a awesome choice i also want to give a huge huge shout out we received another MG patron for our Patreon community. I want to thank Robert from the Film Flamers for joining the ludicrous tier, uh, speed tier of our page. He receives two bonus episodes, all of the holiday episodes, our monthly Real Geek Talk episode, and he also gets to be involved in the monthly polls to help shape the page and our show to all in any of the content that he would like. So thank you so much. Everyone, think about joining our community. And um, just as low as a dollar, you get at least two bonus episodes a month in addition to our regular show. And that is patreon.com slash MGP podcast. Thanks so much, Robert. Yes, and thank you to all of our MGs for writing into Question of the Week. We love the um, participation, and thank you for giving us new things to think about. Yep, yep. (laughs) Okay, so what I want to do is, because this movie is still fairly new, I would like everyone to just give a brief, like, non-spoiler review of the film. Tell everyone what to expect, how their mindset should be when going in should they see it should they not etc sean we'll start with you what did you think of us the movie i love this movie and i don't think you really need to do much research i can't talk (laughs) i don't think you need to do much research to understand it i think it raises a lot of questions though like i'm excited to have a big conversation about this Mm -hmm. okay what about you matt uh i genuinely enjoy this movie it's um, a bit more on the, the autistic and abstract side of, um, of films. Um, and I think you have to, you definitely have to pay attention throughout the movie to, um, to be able to appreciate, uh, appreciate it towards the end, I would say. Okay. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed this movie as well. Uh, there was a lot of hype to it. This, this, he, he has the potential to be Shyamalan, to be honest. You know, he came out super strong right off the bat. Everyone is expecting genius gold here. And I think people could walk into this with high expectations and be disappointed based on heavy comparison to the first one he did. And um, not to say that you shouldn't go in with that, but be warned. This isn't Get Out. There is no heavy commentary towards um, black lives or, you know, there's a little bit of commentary on America in general, but at the same time, you're not going to get some heavy message or anything. This is a pure, like, horror film, and um, just go in expecting a lot of fun. Uh, What I would say is that as far as thrills, just think if you were going into a haunted house or a roller coaster. Those are two different types of adrenaline fears. And this is more of a roller coaster than a haunted house. You're not going to get terrified in this movie, but you will have your heart pumping. You will get sort of exhilarated, excited, and hopefully you'll have fun. But there are some parts that will definitely make you jump. But most of it is the story, I think that he brought to this and putting it in a horror sort of element. So I'm still impressed with what came out today. And um, yeah, I do recommend this to people, especially those who are fans of Get Out. I think you will definitely enjoy this. I would actually compare it more to A Haunted House. 
Oh, really? Okay. Like when you first enter a haunted house, you are kind of, and that's that was my experience of just like oh, something's gonna happen. Something's gonna. Happen. Oh, okay. All right. Fine. All right. I was very on the on edge, waiting. But then once things started happening, it never stops. Mm-hmm. And I would also say, if you're just going to see a horror film, that's what you're going to get. You are definitely going to just be scared. And if you're going for something more, you're going to get that too. So people who did see Get Out, there's definitely a lot of hidden messages and deeper meanings. I think there's something for everyone. But the move is for the shakers everybody's going to get something that they want out of this movie. Yeah. And it's, it kind of tops get out. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, if you guys have not seen the film yet, uh, hopefully what we've all said gives you a little bit of an insight on if this movie is for you. And if you choose to listen even further, we are dipping into spoilers now. Rob, you didn't ask how everybody else liked it. What do you mean how everybody else liked it? The people. Oh, would you like some numbers? Oh yeah, that's right. Let's see. Well, like, wh- what's it been making so far this weekend? Right. So this movie came out on March twenty second, and today is Sunday the twenty fourth. Uh, the budget is twenty million. It's already brought in eighty seven million. Jeez. So four times its freaking budget. He knows how to keep it minimum and and you know use every dollar to its you know. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll definitely be seeing more from Jordan Peele for sure. And it's trending at a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was at 100 on yeah. opening day. So, so some bitches saw yeah. it. I will be honest with you, and um, if we have time, I'll, I'll you know read some other people's comments that I've seen on Twitter. But I've actually heard more than one say that this movie was not for them. Hmm. They just didn't like it. They thought the writing was not any good um, and just not a good follow-up to something that was what we got from Get Out. So, eh, everybody has their own opinions. There's no wrong, but I'm surprised to hear that there is more than, like, a couple that have said, like, uh, this is meh for me. Or even a confusion walking out. I think they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's Nate. Nate yeah, will tell you. <laughs> I mean, I also think as well, I think that this... For one, it's not supposed to be a, I mean, it's not supposed to be a follow-up. Um, mm. And you can definitely tell when you watch the movie, this movie is its own entity, its own thing. And I think to really appreciate it, you have to look at it yeah. that way. You've got to look at it as its own, its own separate project. Exactly. We are now going to go into spoilers. So if you have not seen it, turn this off. Come back when you have seen it. But um, we're about to go into it, and trust me, he's given us a lot to talk about. So, um, yeah, let's do it. Where should we start? (laughs) One thing that I really loved about the way this movie opened is it gave us all the answers. It told us about the tunnel, so that was in my head the whole time. It showed us something terrible happened to her. I have a gripe, though, Rob. Okay. I've spent my whole life being told that going off alone is white people shit. (laughs) And this girl not only went off alone, she walked by the creepy guy holding the sign. She walked out onto the beach by herself where there is the freaking thunderstorm. Then she walked into the haunted house and it starts pouring rain. If there's anything else to tell her to turn back. But no, she kept going. (laughs) I do have to agree, though. There are some, some moments... At the beginning of the movie with uh, with young Lupita and her and her parents, where I just said to myself, my mother would kill me if I did that, <laughs> or my mother would never do that. Like, the dad playing, is it whack-a-mole? Yeah. yeah. Playing? Where the dad's just, you know, drunk playing whack-a-mole, and so the mom just says, you gotta watch her. He's like, yeah, I'm watching her, and he keeps playing whack-a-mole, and so she just stands there, she looks at him. <laughs> like I feel like she just shrugs at the girl and just walks off. It's like, just stay here, just stay like, here, don't move. Right. It's like, not like I didn't ask you if you needed to go. I need to go, so obviously we need to go. Like I, it's your child, you just yank her. Right, right. I, I don't, I don't. No, yeah, this, that was a little this off. Didn't happen. That but didn't then we happen. wouldn't have gotten the movie. So right. exactly, you have to suspend disbelief. Yes. Push the plot along. 
So um, M. Night did the same thing with Unbreakable. He gave us all of the answers in his opening sort of verbiage we were supposed to read about comic book heroes. And I had no idea that he even thought about comic books until that opening scene. And so reading that verbiage about the tunnels, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That's where they've been? Because I had no idea how they were created or kept or whatever. And he just they've been under us the whole time like that to me was creepy to read Mm -hmm. very very creepy to read and they gave us the rabbits too yeah 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 what is the because i was trying to find out how that imagery worked in with this movie specifically and i've seen certain things about what rabbits represent but i didn't get the tie-in to this so Rob and I were talking about that on the way here. The only thing that I could think of is that the rabbits were the origination of the experiment. So and the so those rabbits are a end. product of being cloned, and then they moved yeah. on to humans. So they just oh, yeah. So that's it. It's just the- I. I mean, there might be a deeper meaning if we did like research or whatever. But that I mean, that to me would be the closest from just a first glance. At a what film I like got, this. like they're running around in the end, like the people were free above, and then yeah. he was holding the rabbit in the car, like he's okay with it because what he found out. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I I just want to start off by saying that I love the performances from everyone oh, in this film. So Lapita, like, of course, she's she's just gold. I love her, but like. I only know Winston Duke from Black Panther and this dad joke, cheesy, <laughs> um, sort of like Oreo in a way. He's got some Phil Dunphyisms. Kind oh, of yeah. fatherhood. <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. I expected a very typical masculine black father who, like, mm-hmm. I just, like, I... I don't know if that's who Winston is. Have any of you seen him in like an interview or something? Like, is that who he is? Which is not a bad thing. I just was like so surprised of his character. It was just completely different than what I thought. And I loved every minute of it. Me too. I mean, I remember watching the trailer and just seeing the part where it says, if you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. And I thought, okay, well, he's going to be the tough. Yeah. You know, he's going to be the muscle of the movie. And he he wasn't, like I said, we got Phil Dunphy. Mm-hmm. And I I was totally here for it. Yeah. I loved it. And he was, he was also, in some ways, the comedic relief as well. But was still, um, was still important yeah. to the film at the same time. Yeah. Which I feel like is, it's not very easy to do. It's hard to play that balance. It is. I love a man in a onesie. So when his double was trying to get that motor to start in the boat, I was very okay with that. I want to see more of him like that. <laughs> um, I actually was super terrified of him dying because in the trailer, they don't show him that much, especially when they're driving and um, the teenage girls on top trying to get in. I don't notice him. And I thought that he died earlier in the movies. And so when he was being dragged away, like I almost shed a tear. I I just love the man. I thought his character was so cool. And I was just like, no, I don't want him to die. Because this was Lapita's movie. It just mm-hmm. like more and more times that I kept seeing like commercials of this, they focused more on her. And of okay, so the theory I had about the little girl, I was like, they have a third child. What's happening? I don't understand why this little girl's in this movie. And we saw that she had a doppel too. And then in a later trailer, they said, oh, when I was little, this happened. And I was like, okay, I get it now. So this is her movie. Lapita, though, like just from both ends, it, it was almost to a point to where I was watching two actresses. Yes. Like for a moment, I kind of forgot that Lapita was playing both. Her range is, it's insane. Yeah. Her range is absolutely insane. Um, I I almost wish that I could just... I don't know, be in the, I guess, I want to say rehearsal process, but there's not really that much of a rehearsal process when you're doing film and television. Uh, she was she was awesome. Yeah. I say going back to um, Gabe, Winston Duke's, we'll say, good character. Mm-hmm. He's kind of an important representation of American society. Mm. 
And that's probably why he's not what everyone expected him to be, like the uber masculine. He's he's a yuppie. He's he's very concerned with. He's like, oh, you saw he had to get that car, you know. He's like comparing himself to his friend, and it's like always trying to keep up with the Joneses. And I kind of think that also links us to the people living underground. Mm-hmm. In a sense, they try to keep up with the Joneses too, meaning their other selves, but they don't have the resources or the advantages yeah to do so um so then it's like you kind of see this is all bullshit so the things that he's worried about just like when he's like what do you want he's like you can have my wallet you can have we don't have anything but it's like that's not what they want from you (laughs) yeah Yeah. and and lupita or adelaide the we'll say good version of lupita knows that they're not here for money or anything like that what did you guys think about her keeping something so trivial and traumatic away from her husband for so long? Like, I don't know if she, I don't know if you have an obligation to kind of share that type of thing with the man or that you're the partner that you're married to. But it's just like, it's funny that she never said anything and even agreed to go as far as go to the exact same beach for a vacation, knowing that it's going to mess you up. Not, I'm not blaming her for anything, but it's just funny how she never trusted her husband to share that story until it was like, I want to go yeah, and you got five seconds to deal with it and let's get out of here. You know, I think she was, I think she kind of repressed a lot of it. So mm-hmm. maybe it was just once it all started happening. I think he started to come back to her. Yeah. I don't think, I think she repressed all of it. Yeah. I think it makes sense too, though, finding out what we did of why she would keep that from him. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I see that. I, I, I don't know if she was playing a role the whole time or did her past sort of s- creep back up and sort of remind her that she was from down there. Because I think that she kind of played this family thing. I mean, she wasn't a part of the plan. She had no idea that they were going to revolt like that. I don't know if the whole time she was trying to keep her secret. Anybody could have outed her. But, like, you see Elizabeth Moss' character. She's tying her up. And she's got the whole, like, putting the, you know, scissors to her face. She doesn't do anything to her. You wonder if she knew. Because she dragged her down. And you saw both of them in the same place. I don't know how many witnesses witnessed it. But, you know, it's you wonder if they knew. Well, I guess I think about that as well. Because I was talking about, uh, talking about this earlier. But I think um, in the end, when there's the, the fight between... Good Lapita, bad Lapita. Yeah. Um, you see that uh, one, in my opinion, the bad Lapita, quote unquote, bad Lapita, doesn't necessarily try to kill the other, the other one. It, yeah. It's, it looks like when I'm watching the fight, it looks like it's more in self defense and just toying with. Um, and she, you know, there are moments where she takes the opportunity to just go off and walk away. Um, but when, you know, she is confronted, it's just to to defend herself. So, I mean, I, again, just taking off of what you were you were saying as well. Yeah. It seems like there's something to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. It's okay. Um, was there any parts that, like, scared you guys? What did Were you kind of on the edge of your seat at all, would you say? The, the whole time, I mean, when she walked down the stairs in the boardwalk. Because I, I was... So, for all you losers who watched the trailer, I'm so sorry for you. Ugh. I didn't. <laughs> so I had I really didn't know what the movie was about. I knew it was about doppelgangers, but I really thought it just focused on the family, mm-hmm. one family, or just or it centered on her. So once I saw her as a kid, I knew she's it's this is gonna be something about her. But when she was walking down the stairs, I thought, oh my god, they're gonna be under the stairs. Oh, okay. Oh my God, they're coming out of the water. No, they're not going to come out of the ocean. Okay, I don't know where they're going to come from. So I I was just panicking the whole time. And then when they actually show up to the house and they're just standing there, yeah, I was scared. And then she did her little... Oh, man. And those children moved like little spiders. And I was like, fuck. Yeah, I was scared. Man, yeah. I, I haven't really been that jumpy in a theater in a very long time. I mean, Sean, you were next. I mean, I couldn't keep still. 
I probably was getting annoying. I'm so sorry. I was so interested because I really didn't want anything to happen to this family. And usually if there's not a heavy body count, I kind of lose interest. And it's just like, well, I know nobody's going to die. So why am I getting terrified? But every member of that family just was just blindsided over the fact that there are people that look like them and they're trying to kill them. And just the sheer way of doing it, like everyone had their significant spot and alone time with their other mm-hmm. to be tethered. The 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 biggest one for me was the teenage daughter, how she was told, go ahead, track star, run, bitch. Let's yeah. see you use those feet, yeah. and then we will show you who really wants to run and actually gives a shit. Because she was like, I'm not going to be in the Olympics. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. This woman, the, the, the bad one, she was sprinting. Mm-hmm. She was ready. And mm-hmm. it it is sort of a... Um, metaphor of how we take what we have for granted up here on the surface and we're not really giving it our full potential and we could be one of those people that's just stuck under the um, surface and not being able to give a you know get a chance I had a question for you guys though so I just want to talk about like the whole like government cloning thing did did you guys make sense of it all about what exactly was going on down there and how the family still continued to mimic everything that was going on above like how far did the experiment go when did they stop um were they monitoring the entire world big brother style and made sure that those specific people like you know got together you know i like i didn't understand like how far it went yeah, one part I'm having trouble with is they mentioned it was to control the population, but also I want to know more about how it's a two-way street because, I mean, the big secret we're kind of tiptoeing around is that Lupita Nyong'o's character switched mm-hmm. when she's a young girl, but her being from above, she's still connected to her below who's in the above. Mm-hmm. So how does that work for us up here? Do we sense what they're doing down there or... Yeah, just her learning dance and everything and, you know, giving birth to the kids. I Yeah, I, I, I that was one thing that I couldn't really make sense of, but I still found it very interesting to see that everything that was happening up there, she just got the short end of the stick. Everything wrong happened down there. And I, I don't know if it was to force it all to happen in that way to make sure that they had the exact same family. But yeah. So do you think there was anything supernatural tied to any of this? A little bit since she mentions the soul. So that's the name of the character red, who is the, we think evil version of Lupita's character um, characters. She mentions that they figured out how to copy the body, but not the soul. It's the soul is this weird ethereal thing that we don't understand. So I think it is sort of a supernatural thing where it's like they're connected. But since the people underground are not the originals, they don't have any control or agency over their actions for the most part. Um, and it's not until the switch is made because it's like they just happen to be at the right place at the right time mm-hmm. where they're able to, to meet. The little girls are able to meet. And that's when... Um, the original evil clone (laughs) makes the switch with the real Adelaide. So Adelaide grows up underground, but because she's different, because she did come from above, she's able to, I think, have more agency. Um, But I do think it's, it is kind of a supernatural thing. Okay. Just a little bit, even though, I mean, it's more like sciencey with, the clones and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. So who here caught on to that before it happened? Okay. Yeah, I just and it wasn't even what, like was something a, happened. Okay. But it was it was the beginning of okay. her going into the maze and then she sees herself and then that's it. It and cuts to cut it off. present time and I felt like what happened to her? Oh and I okay. just it just it 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 crept in my mind. I was like, oh I think she made a switch. But then I forgot about it okay. for most of the movie. Okay. What about you, Sean? Yeah, what clued me in first off is the fact that they cut when she was young and she sees um, Red. Mm -hmm. So I knew something else happened there. And then as the movie kept going, the son sees her 
making these growls and sounds that are similar mm. to the others. So that's when I picked up on it. Okay. Yeah, I, I was telling you guys this earlier, but yeah, um, it, it was it was the speech that she gave this story, which I found so compelling. I love that mm. Once Upon a Time story oh, she yes. was telling oh, yeah. and oh, just telling her history. So first of all, I didn't expect that much speech. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was a little torn, like, do I want them to talk? It kind of takes the the fear out of it mm-hmm. because they're, you know, just having all these emotions. But then I let it go, and I was really enthralled by the story she was telling and that, you know, this normal childbirth, and she meets a man, and then everything that could go wrong with a situation like that happened to her. And her conviction, her her face, her emotion that I hate that I'm the shadow and you are the girl. And there was something about how she was telling that story made me think there's something off about this. And I was like, I wonder if they switch when they were younger. And then I didn't really stick to that theory until she starts going all animalistic on homegirl in the mansion and her son witnesses this. And she's just, so I had two ways she could have either just, gone crazy from this experience and that she technically is more evil than red mm-hmm. or the fact that they switched did you figure this out matt that they had switched before you found out um i mean i had a feeling as well but it wasn't until i saw the the final okay fight at the end where again oh. she started to grunt and heave as if she were an animal yeah um that's when i said something is is off here because mm-hmm. initially i thought maybe Maybe it's the the darkness within her that's coming out, and maybe everyone else that was on the surface has that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I like the bunny tie-in too. There was bunnies mm-hmm. kind of flying in throughout the whole thing. Did you guys notice it was on the teenager's shirt? She kind of wore mm-hmm. it on that first day. I didn't notice that. Yeah, she had a bunny on her shirt, and then of course her mom had this small, you know, stuffed animal bunny. Right. right. Thing there some people will also say that the shears represent like bunny ears sort of too oh, um yeah. the poster kind of shows that a little bit too but um yeah that was kind of throughout oh and i'll and i'll read this right away too because um 111 obviously showed up a lot through that and it was just the exact you know one one they all look the same divided by the little colon like i mm. yeah i like that time but so I'm sure everyone was like, "Where? what the fuck is Jeremiah 111? You just popped up. I want to know what it is. So I looked it up, and this is what it says. According to the King James Bible, Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. So basically, God is witnessing all of these bad things happening, and He will not come to their aid. It was was it Jeremiah? Is it eleven eleven or one eleven? Eleven eleven. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, take what you will with that particular explanation as how it ties into the movie. But you know, the whole thunder and lightning that was happening when she's a little girl, it raining. I don't know if that was ways to keep her going into the thing or trying to stop her from doing it i don't know but there was never an intervention with this you know what it reminded me of too just the whole hands of america thing which was an actual event which i love i love that they tied in an actual event like that that was so crazy but didn't this remind you nate of um the invitation Yes. 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 I did have a little afterthought because of the red, mm-hmm. and just the the coordination, the wide scale coordination. Yeah, and and just when the two dads were yelling at each other from afar, it just seemed like this was all happening all at once. How did you guys like that? Were you okay that it was more than just their family, and that it happened to be more? Did it take sort of the suspense or sort of originality out of it? No, I think I I liked that. I mean, because I I didn't have an expectation that it was wide scale mm-hmm. even seeing the the guy on the beach who had killed his copy first or his original whatever, yeah um i don't know i was still like what's going on but i'm i'm kind of relieved it wasn't just the one family okay um and i think it relates even more to the jeremiah eleven eleven. um you know 
it's it's one message maybe where it's like our society at least american society we're about a lot of bullshit right now and that's what we're focused on and worried about so you know i'll bring upon you horrors and it's like you've kind of brought it on yourself so it's like don't ask me for help because mm-hmm. i'm tired of your shit yeah yeah and i liked i didn't expect this to be widespread either but the fact that Red and Adelaide are connected. It gave a reason for the family to stay alive, whereas everybody else got killed so mm, quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like that. It explained itself. I, w- I mean, yeah, I was analyzing a little bit too much. I was like, why did these white folks kill them so damn quickly? Like, everybody else got a speech and a reason and a chance to defend themselves. They were playing games. No, they just came in and started killing bitches. But um, I had thought about this a, l- a little bit in, in the whole explanation of, of things being taken for granted and like, we're not really appreciating what we have and we've sort of lost ourselves into, um, um, just the materialistics of things. They, that family was like on a high end scale yeah, of just yeah. like having all these riches and not really giving a shit about, mm-hmm. you know, the smaller things, you know, they all hate each other and they're all doing their separate things. And depending on, you know, Ophelia to do all their work for them, you know, it's, it's just so, it's just so that's why it was just, I guess, easier to just take them out really quickly because they are the sheer example of uh, sheer. Yeah, sheer. I know. <laughs> um, just a heavy example of what it is. That's, that's, that's wrong with society, I guess. And why these people feel like it's our time to take over and do things the right way. One other thing that I kind of got out of this, the materialism, but also the overarching beliefs, Mm -hmm. hearing Red tell her story, I kind of got this idea that we're expected to be, you know, married to somebody of our own race. We're expected to have two children. We're expected all these things. So when you hear her saying, like, I was forced with this guy I didn't want to be with and have these kids that I didn't want, I almost wonder if that's her unhappiness under the surface of doing everything she was expected but not really wanted. Mm-hmm. So this is the second horror film that's made me cry. Oh. Um, after Train to Busan. Okay. But, yeah, when Red was telling her story, I, I was really overcome by emotion. I was still scared. Yeah. Like Are you was, talking about the story in the house or the in the story classroom? in the house? Okay. Um, yeah. When she's first saying like everything that happened to the girl, which was wonderful and sweet mm-hmm. happened to her as well, but it had a dark twist and she was very unhappy. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I'm sure it comes down to like Lupita's performance just because she's a beast. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was really <laughs> moving. I was, I was crying and then, you know, they started trying to kill them. So then I stopped <laughs> yeah. crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh what about the comedic aspect of it how ever so often they would try and make us laugh a little bit do you think they that that's cool did you want to be taken out of that given a break a little bit i feel like it's kind of like uh i feel like it's just jordan peele's flavor um i think the way that i look at the comedy uh, sprinkled throughout this movie is the way that i look at um joss whedon's work sometimes mm-hmm. the way that he writes yeah um they both have a great way of keeping the stakes uh, very much in the front um, with along with being able to break up the tension with comedy placed in just the right moments. And it's not a giant boom, boom joke. It's, it's in a look like um, I noticed a couple of moments where uh, Winston Duke, mm-hmm. uh, where the, the father character would say something off and it'd be just one little line, and then all it would take was just a look from one of the kids. Oh, them like, kids were not having it. It's like, <laughs> shut up. Yeah. Um, so I think it was I think it was appropriately placed. I don't think it was too much. I agree. I agree too. I didn't I wouldn't expect this to be so funny, but it wasn't funny like a movie like Slither is funny, where it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's very real and scary still. Sorry. <laughs> it's so gross. It's yeah, so gross. That movie is really Slither. gross. Um, was there any unexplained questions that weren't answered? Any shenanigans? Any sort of plot holes that you noticed? Oh, I did have one. Okay. I almost forgot, so I'm glad you brought it up. Okay. This man, Winston Duke, 
his leg got beat the fuck out and he could barely walk most of the movie. How the fuck did he tread water for like three hours? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, no, I didn't even notice that. Oh, okay. So explain this to me. The motor's not running. Did he hit his head on the motor, which caused it to turn on, which caused it to cut his leg and kill the guy? Is that is that what happened? I don't know how he shook him off because blood ended up splattering. Oh, yeah. I didn't know yeah. if that was his. At first, I thought he died. Oh. No, yeah. He hit the motor. It turned on and it cut up the other guy. It gutted him. <laughs> okay. So focused on trying to figure out what metaphors might be in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I was doing the same thing. So, I mean, of course, like the whole organization of the tethered is what they're calling them. Yeah. Um, seemed a little off to me. Again, just the timeline of it all, the preparation. First of all, where did those outfits come from? Where do they get the same exact, you know, copies of the sh- shears? You know, the red suits and whatnot. Um, the sponsorship. <laughs> Old Navy. Four hands hey. across America. They, yeah. You know, they reached sponsored in that. The cash. Yeah. You wonder if it was to her own demise that the, you know, the doppelganger kept her live counterpart alive. And gave, I know, because, I mean, she gave her a purpose. We probably wouldn't have had this apocalyptic thing happen if she hadn't done it the way that she did, you know, she got inspired by the hands of America t-shirt and felt like this is what we need to do. And I don't know. I kind of love it. It it was almost to a point where I was just like, get them all. Just, just Mm -hmm. do it. I hope you accomplish this. Maybe we'll get a different world. I don't know. There was something Mm -hmm. very poetic about the way that they were like, we're going to really appreciate what we have here. And they all join hands in solidarity like, I just, I don't know, there was something really cool about that. Well, if you think about it, they kind of did get them all. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, except for her family. But, yeah, all the clones survived. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is that how, I mean, this experiment, was it only in Santa Cruz? How did it expand? Was it the entire population or was it just the u.s i mean there were a mm. lot of people that just somehow were hiding this whole whole entire time i don't know i mean i guess i'm thinking just in regards to the movie and it being us and i'm thinking the united states as well i feel like mm. it, at least for the sake of this it had to just be this isolated yeah you know this isolated yeah one. i love the country. fact that she was just like we're americans which was like, damn. It's kind of scary nowadays. It's not, when people are like, I'm American. Mm-hmm. American. It's scary. It's, you know, it's, it's, it it's you're so wrapped up. It used to be. Mm-mm. No, this, this nationalist identity, it's, it's scary. And, you know, all the red in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought about that too. I mean, sure. even though I think that did come from it, the hands across America, red yeah. characters, but still the image yeah of the red as well the um the um the doppelganger of jason seemed more mimicky to his counterpart than anybody else i don't have an explanation for that and that was a little bit off to me too because his demise of him just walking back into the fire seemed a little too easy uh i i i bought it the the moment where uh the the son gets the doppelganger to go into the into the car fire just because you know lupita does have that moment where she's talking to her son and she says teach him a trick mm-hmm. and they have that moment where they're in the closet and they're mirroring each other and it's mm-hmm. almost like you know the boys smart yes uh teaching him to just follow my movements and so the boy gets it um towards the end of the movie where he sees them in front of the car and he just starts backing away and again oh that he's he's mirroring his movements he taught him this at the beginning so, I I don't know. I bought it. It worked for me. Okay. I won't All right. Yeah. It's, it's since he's still so young, it's like he probably he doesn't have that separation yet. So, he's more likely to mimic him. But um, a thought that I had, which is a very obvious thought, but at the end of the movie, we see the long chain of people all holding hands. So, it's this thin red line that's separating 
the north and the south of the country, possibly. Mm -hmm. And I think it's supposed to be hinted at that this is the entire country, because at the beginning it gives us the little, there are subterranean tunnels all throughout the United States. You yeah. don't know what they're for. So I think that this experiment started with, you know, a group of people, but then it it's just continued because they're like, well, it's not working, but they left them there. So they've continued to reproduce and have babies as their counterparts did. So supposedly we can imagine it going all the way across the country as man, the America wanted to do. Yeah. And I thought about the thin red line that separates the country. Now mm -hmm. it separates us from them. There always needs to be an us and a them. And while for most of the movie, we, most audience members probably view everyone in red as them, the enemy, the bad characters, the ones who we cheer when they get killed. I remember being relieved when, you know, uh, Winston Duke killed Abraham, his counterpart. Cause, oh, good, he's, he's dead. But when, when Adelaide finally kills Red, I wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. I, felt, I felt bad for her because she's the other. And that's how people in society are treated, the other. We dismiss them. Marginalized groups who don't have access to clean water and healthy food. They're down there eating rabbits. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, that's why your children are this way. You're pregnant and you're eating raw rabbit. That's why they're born evil little monsters. And that's kind of how it is everywhere in America. Yeah. Now, I, I think this movie does speak volumes on, on many different ways, and even just the psychological part of it, of just defeating your worst enemy. We're, we're always our, mm. our own worst enemy, and, and that in a very you know um, physical form, we all have demons that we try and repress and hide and keep dark, and sometimes they come out, and we have to deal with that. And this movie just kind of gave us face value of what, something like that could look like. And if you don't, you know, deal with that kind of stuff, it could just implode. And I think the world as a slight society just got that big, like, this is, <laughs> you guys have been trying to hide in all of your anger and, and hate or whatever. And then it now it's just come pouring out all yeah. at once. And I think it's also part of growing up. Like at the end, we see Jason, the little boy looking at his mother Oh looking my at God. Adelaide and he just he feels like something's different now. Something's off. She's not who I thought she was. And that's how we see sometimes that's how we see our parents. We all we thought our parents were our heroes and then we learn more about them. Especially now in this day and age we our family members aren't exactly who we thought they were. And we're not always the good guy. I might always think that I'm the hero of my narrative or whatever, but I'm the villain of someone's narrative, probably. Yeah. So it's it's like who is us and who is them? Yeah. That that look between those two, like you wonder what he would choose to do after this. Does he tell his dad? Does he try and like steer clear of her? You know, does he just yeah. accept his fate and and what's going on? They've cared for each other for so long. But to have that revelation of, like, that's not my real mother, and I didn't really know my mother, honestly. I mean, technically, that's his mom. That's it. You just, you know, are a product of somebody who technically doesn't have a soul, and that that's kind of scary. And then he yeah. just puts his mask back on. He's like, I'll just keep doing what I've been doing this whole time. Excuse me. Uh, so, yeah, um, any... Any final thoughts on this film, like what it did? Would you see it again? Anything like that? Yes. But also <laughs> I had one silly thought. It's mm -hmm. probably a stretch. So at the beginning when they're driving towards the cabin and the Janelle Monet song comes on, the song is playing. And the song is, um, I like that. And it's about, I mean, she's kind of saying like, I'm two different things, but at the same time. And it made me think of, the dual characters of being two separate people, but they're the same. And then the way they played the song, they kind of cut a part out and changed it. Mm. And then they turned the song off. Yeah. And that reminded me of how she killed her at the end. Cause she started whistling itsy bitsy spider. And then Adelaide like 
snaps her neck because she she doesn't want to hear the song. Well, oh yeah, I feel yeah. like it was like a little hint. <laughs> if you think about it as well, um, you know, referencing the song at the beginning, that there, do do we know what's that song that was uh, the song that was playing at the end of the movie? Do we know who that that artist know. was? Because there's I was listening to the lyrics. And the lyrics say something about finding good in yourself, or oh, I'd have to like look that. it up. You, but I would definitely look up that song that was playing at the end of the movie because I think that was significant as well. Oh, and kudos to the freaking score of this movie! Yes. My goodness, don't don't <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, no that just that opening number with the rabbits and how it was playing throughout. A lot of that violin was in. The, oh god, it was such a good score. I love that. That musical score is really good. Um, so should we rate the film? All right. Sean, what should we rate this? Let's rate this. Uh, I'm trying to think of some ideas. Um, Jaws t-shirts or... White people shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my... What was it that he did... The that key, was so. The hide a key. Oh, the hide and key. That's <laughs> some white people. We can do hide and keys. <laughs> um, we. Oh God, what else? I don't know. We rabbits. Should, yeah, rabbits is a good one too. Okay. Candy apples. Oh yeah, it's oh, more like rabbits. Cannot <laughs> believe she didn't do that candy apple. She did not eat one bite I of it. I was so mad. I'm like that candy apple is so good. And then Let's she just drop dropped it on, it on the, the floor. Yeah. But she remembered it. It was red. That's why she liked red. <laughs> Um, yeah, we let's do rabbits. We'll do rabbits. Um, so one through five, Matt, what would you rate us? How many rabbits does it get? Oh, um, I'd probably give a 4.5. Ooh, okay. Very good. How about you, Sean? I was so compelled during this whole movie, especially with Lupita and all her looks. I was so scared because she was scared. Mm -hmm. I give it five out of five rabbits. Okay. How about you, Nate? The combination of all the performances by every single actor, obviously being very excited seeing written, directed, produced by Jordan Peele, Monkey Paw Productions. I was already creaming my jeans when I saw that little hand stirring that teapot. I love it. He was. I saw it. It happened. I mean, just the combination of the lighting, the sound, the sets, the choreography, when she's kicking her ass and she's dancing. Five out of five. Yeah. Yeah. Um... This is an entertainment scale for me, and it hit every single point that I came to see this movie with. A big part of it, of making it a, a 5.5 for me, is recommendation. I can love a movie as much as I want, but is it for everyone? And I think that this film, anybody can get something out of this. And even people who aren't into horror films, I'm not completely sure. But at the same time, I don't think this was heavy on the gore. It wasn't heavy on the scares. There's just a very big realism of seeing this being played out in a way. And to some people, that can even just be as terrifying. I think even non-horror fans can still enjoy this movie as well. So for me, this gets a five out of five as well. Five um, rabbits. Yeah, I, I think this is a great film. Now, I gave Get Out five out of five. Do we even want to even think about which one we like better? Mm. Or is that, do we have to like chill on that for a moment? I don't, well, I mean, I, again, again, I guess I just feel like that would be comparing the two mm -hmm. in a way that's not realistic because they're both so different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know I said at the beginning, like, oh, it, it topped it. But not in the sense that it made it a lesser film. Of it's course. It's just that this is his follow-up, and I felt like he succeeded in every way. Okay. He didn't make a sequel to Get Out. Exactly. It's not that at all. It's just... It's kind of like when I saw Scream 2, for all of you who know about me. I love <laughs> Scream 2 because it was so exciting <laughs> to have another one. And this is not a sequel, but it's his follow-up. And it's just so exciting, and I can't wait to see what he has next. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and it's like Scream 3 being better than Scream 2. I mean, this movie... You a goddamn lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's it's a credit to Jordan Peele's writing that he can make something so different. You know, and it, it still said a lot in a different way than Get Out did. Um, I don't know. I think 
I might like this one for being a little more entertaining and funny than okay. Get Out was, but it is a very different flavor. Very good. Very good. Okay, so before we move on to our next segment, I, I brought this up with you guys, and it seemed we were all okay with trying this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so movie geeks. So, look, we know that everybody out there is reviewing this movie. We tried to think of something to make us a little bit different or to give you something a little extra than just our thoughts. One thing that I noticed from this movie that I was so utterly pissed off with is the most iconic thing from the trailer that I think everyone found to be super compelling, scary as fuck, and what is going to happen next. It's when Lapita's character is sitting on that chair and she, you know, mimics the word be careful in her voice and does that laugh. And they took it out. It wasn't in the film. I don't know why they didn't put it in there because that was as big as the no, 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 from Get Out. It's just iconic to me and I wanted to see it and I didn't get it. So I asked our panel to imitate the best way that they can and and try and mimic what she had done. So before we get into that, I'm going to play it for you. And so you'll know exactly what it is that we're referencing, and then we'll go into our imitation. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> okay, so you guys have heard it. Now we are going to try our best to imitate what we just saw and heard. Nate actually was new to this entire scene, so he didn't even expect it to even be in the movie. But Nate is going to go first. Nate, do your very best red imitation. Be careful. <laughs> oh my God. That was actually really good. Oh, I don't want to. Classically follow. trained. <laughs> I can't follow that up. Oh, God. He is classically trained, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Sean. Try it out. Right. Try it out. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> god okay <laughs> awesome <laughs> okay <sighs> i gotta take off my glasses i can't even oh my god i can't even his brow oh my god okay Ugh. i'm gonna do this so horribly okay be careful <laughs> So cheesy. Oh, that was horrible. Okay. All right, Matt. Come on. The other trained actor in the room. You gotta you gotta give him Don't make it an easy win now. Be careful. <laughs> Very Nate good. and Rob, please step forward. You two are safe this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for indulging me with that. I just thought that'd be really funny to do. I oh, I really wanted to see that scene. I just I don't know why she said it, but I just I could even sense a part where I think she wanted to say it, and they just took it out. I don't know why they did that. I will say that that moment is when I knew Lupita was going to be a force in this movie. Oh man, I saw yeah. that and I just said, oh oh my god. I also <laughs> creamed my jeans. <laughs> So, Sean, we're going to close out our episode with Sound Booth. Take us home. All right. For this film, I knew right away before I saw it what song. It's the song My Own Worst Enemy by Lit. Um, some of the lyrics are, it's no surprise to me I am my own worst enemy because every now and then I kick the living shit out of me. So, obviously, he's talking about it as a metaphor, but I thought it'd be funny for this movie since it's pretty literal. So here's a taste of My Own Worst Enemy by Lit, which everybody in the whole world knows except for the three of you in this room. Sean, thank you for that song. And everyone, thank you for listening to our episode. 
I appreciate Matt and Nate joining our episode this week. Thank you guys for helping us review the movie. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Gravy. Uh. So uh, join us next week, guys. We are almost at our 50th episode. I am so excited. But we have two, one more to go before our 50th. And uh, we are reviewing Charlie's Angels um, with a special guest, uh, Andrew, from Friday the 13th Podcast. I'm so excited for I, Charlie's Angels. Yeah, this will be a fun rewatch. I haven't seen this film in such a long time, so I'm excited. But this was recommended by Andrew himself. He, he chose uh, this film, so... We're getting two weeks of Cameron. Yes, we are. I know, yeah, yeah. We just did her last um, two weeks ago, and so now we're doing her again. Yeah, so that should be fun. All right, well, thank you guys. Sean, you know what to do. Bye, Sean. <laughs> <laughs>